Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hi, folks. Uh, Welcome again to another episode of Pro Football in the 1970s. I'm your host, Joe Zagorski. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Minnesota's most winnable Super Bowl. Now, every pro football fan knows that the Minnesota Vikings went to four Super Bowls during the 1970s. They lost them all. After each, the questions why they lost were flourishing. You heard excuses such as their front lines on offense and defense weren't strong enough or big enough, or their overall team speed wasn't fast enough or quick enough, or their play calling was abysmal, or they were unable to make adjustments at halftime, or they made far too many mistakes or committed far too many turnovers to win. Believe me, you heard it all, and Vikings fans from across the nation had good reasons to despair. Now, this podcast addresses that despair, and we determine the one Super Bowl that the Vikings could have and possibly should have won, if only. That Super Bowl was Super Bowl IX versus the Pittsburgh Steelers in New Orleans' old Tulane Stadium on January 12, 1975. Now, the Steelers were brand new to the Super Bowl, making their very first appearance ever in the big game. For the Vikings, This would be their third appearance in the Super Bowl. Pittsburgh possessed a roster filled with young, aggressive players. Minnesota's players had many more years of experience, but they were older and slightly, uh, just a little bit slower in several key spots than the Steelers. One most common denominator in all the Vikings Super Bowl losses were turnovers. Minnesota turned the ball over a total of 15 times in their four Super Bowl games. In Super Bowl IX, they committed five costly turnovers. Erase any two of them from the ledger, and the Vikings might have won Super Bowl IX. The mistakes were also highly visible in all of Minnesota's Super Bowls. One of their biggest mistakes in Super Bowl IX gave the Steelers their first points of the game. Vikings quarterback Fran Tarkenton and his running back Dave Osborne botched a handoff at the Minnesota 10-yard line. The ball bounced all the way back to the goal as uh, after it was inadvertently kicked by Pittsburgh defensive end L.C. Greenwood. Parkinson recovered the ball one yard deep in the Viking end zone and was tagged down by Steeler defensive end Dwight White for a safety and a 2-0 Pittsburgh lead at halftime. Now this was just the beginning of Minnesota's mistakes, however. Tarkenton drove the Vikings downfield late in the first half through his first of what would be three interceptions on a tip pass. Then Minnesota's second fumble occurred on the opening kickoff of the second half when Pittsburgh's Roy Jarella slipped on the artificial surface as he kicked the ball, squibbing it downfield. Minnesota's Bill Brown could not get a handle on it, and the Steelers' Marv Kellum did get a handle on it. He recovered it. Four plays later, the Steelers scored on a nine-yard Franco Harris sweep and a 9-0 Steelers lead. Now, at this time, the Vikings' play calling came into question. 
Minnesota could accrue only 17 total ground yards all game long in Super Bowl IX. They would have been better advised to ditch all of their running plays because they simply weren't working. They should have resorted to throwing the ball downfield on every down. But no, Tarkenton kept calling for more running plays, which in the end turned out to be a total waste of precious time. Late in the third quarter, another tip Tarkington pass resulted in another interception. And then midway through the fourth quarter, Minnesota tailback Chuck Foreman fumbled the ball on the Pittsburgh five-yard line. They were five yards away from scoring a touchdown. And if they had scored that touchdown or even a field goal, that would have meant a lot to the Vikings' cause. One more Tarkington interception late in the game sealed up the Steelers' first-ever Super Bowl victory, 16-6. Minnesota's third of four Super Bowl losses on that faithful day in New Orleans could have and possibly should have had a different ending. There's no telling what might have happened if the Vikings had not run the ball so much in the second half, or if their receivers had caught the ball more often, or if they didn't fumble in several key situations which invariably led to directly to Pittsburgh points. In the end, there were plenty of excuses to go around in Super Bowl IX. It was the one Super Bowl during the 1970s that the Vikings didn't get blown out of and that the Vikings had their best chance of actually winning. Thanks once again for listening in to this episode of Pro Football in the 1970s. Take care and have a great evening. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One Gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876 including t-shirts long sleeve shirts phone cases mugs blankets pillows towels and even shower curtains go to sportshistorynetwork.com row number one for access to the full row one catalog and for gallery prints and gift items plus get a 15 percent discount off all prints on the row one pictorum gallery with coupon code shn15 follow the link on the show notes Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, 
head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.